Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Quarterback. Stafford, step it up. Going left side. Watch Calvin. Enzo got him. Oh, baby, that was a rocket. And it's picked off. Intercepted by Darius Slade. No one will catch him. Touchdown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Michael Rothstein Show, sponsored by Indeed and by Bet Online. Hope you had a great holiday with whoever you were able to maybe celebrate with, if you had to do it virtually. Hopefully you didn't spend too much time watching the Detroit Lions on Saturday because, well, as we all know, that was not... A pretty performance. That was... I've covered the Lions for eight seasons. I've covered football for... Closing in on 20 more or less. Either at the high school, college, or NFL levels. And that was one of the worst performances I think that I have seen live. That I have covered in my two decades or so. Covering football. I mean, I've seen stuff like that in basketball. Basketball, I think it can get away from you much easier, uh, especially on the college level and with the disparity of teams, especially in in college basketball. But I I don't know if I've quite seen anything like that before. Now, we're going to get into all of that and we'll talk about it a bit. But before we get into anything else, I just want to address something right at the top I hinted at it toward the end of last week's show, or the last show of last week, about the future of this podcast, and I think it's only right to address it here at the top. Uh, This podcast will be ending. The last show will be January 6th, so we're going to go this whole week, and then midway through next week, we've got a couple of guests lined up. For the last few shows, we've got a couple of guests I'm still working on, including possibly one really big name that we've gone back and forth on a little bit. 
trying to find some timing. I'm hoping that it works out. Uh, so, you know, I know for some of you, this will be a disappointment and I get that and, uh, understand that this was kind of a decision that was coming a little bit and, uh, I'm not going to get into the specifics of it. I can't really get into the specifics of it. Just that for now, at least the show will be ending on January 6th that may come back at some point in the future. Uh, I'm not sure on that. We'll have to wait and see, but the last show for what seems to be at least a long time, if not for good, of the Michael Rothstein show will be on January 6th. So we'll have episodes this entire week. We'll have an episode next Monday. We'll have an episode next Tuesday. Uh, the last episode, as of now, I'm planning it for it to be all about you, the, the listeners and the the fans who have been so gracious in listening to this show for so long and for the past year and increasing our audience and um, hopefully enjoying what you've heard that uh, that last show at least part of it will will definitely make a mailbag show and we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the week I've got a couple of other ideas of how maybe to make it even more interactive for y'all uh, as fans, but uh, the show will be ending on January 6th. That's next Wednesday, so we've got eight episodes left of the program, and uh, it has been a pleasure and an honor to bring this show to you almost every day this season, almost every day since August, um, and really once everything was kind of finalized and, and final decisions were made and the people that needed to be uh, informed were informed. I wanted to make sure that all of you knew uh, what was going on. And yeah, so with that, let's just jump right in. And and before actually we do that, you know, I'll be happy to answer maybe some more questions about the why and, and some of the other stuff um, maybe on the last show, on the second to last show. Uh, but just want to let y'all know that, that the show will be ending. It will be concluding on January 6th. It's been a great run. That will actually be our 200th episode of the show, which uh, is awesome. And uh, it would have happened without all of you. So now have having said that, let's jump into what we all saw on Saturday or hopefully what for most of you, you didn't really see on Saturday and you turned it off and spent some time with your family, read a book, uh, watched some basketball, played some video games, went for a walk, really anything else that you could have done other than watch the Lions get completely embarrassed by Tampa Bay. I mean, here's all you really need to know, right? If Tom Brady had stayed in the game for the entire game instead of just playing a half, it is entirely possible that Tom Brady would have set the NFL single game record for passing yards because he was on pace to shatter it. And he very easily could have gotten the passing touchdown single game mark too. He had four touchdowns at halftime and he had 300 and. 48 yards, 22 of 27. 
perfect passer rating. Just an impressive, incredible day for Tom Brady. Now, touchdowns in a single game, that's seven, including set by a bunch of people, including Y.A. Tittle, Drew Brees, Nick Foles, Peyton Manning, Sid Luckman. So that one is being hit by a lot of people. But the passing yards, Mark, this is the one I really thought he was going to get. Um because I think he really, really had a shot at it, is Norm Van Brocklin's 554 yards for the L.A. Rams against the New York Yanks back on September 28, 1951. He threw for 554 yards that day. The closest that anyone has come recently is Matt Schaub in 2012 when he threw for 527 yards, Ben Roethlisberger in 2014 when he threw for 522 yards, and then some guy named Matthew Stafford threw for 520 in 2012, and Tom Brady, by the way, threw for 517 back in 2011 against the Dolphins, and there's been a bunch of guys that have thrown for over 500, but... I mean, Tom Brady was on pace for it, man. And frankly, Tom Brady might have been able to get there through three quarters, which is just stunning, just shocking, especially considering Blaine Gabbert threw for 143 on its own. Combined, they threw for 491 yards, six touchdowns. I mean, it it was just the defense couldn't stop anybody. Now, we knew going into the game that this was going to be a challenge. Detroit's defense has not been good even when they've had all of their people. They've suffered massive injuries at cornerback. Trey Flowers hasn't played in forever. Jamie Collins was out, so the Lions were down their best linebacker. It was going to be a struggle. And then, of course, the coaching situation. No Corey Undlin, no positional coaches. You had Evan Rothstein, the assistant head coach, but for research calling plays as defensive coordinator and for three plays it looked pretty good for Evan Rothstein it really did they could have gotten a three and out they had a three and out but Everson Griffin was an off was off sides that gave Tampa Bay a first down a couple 33 yard gains later Tampa Bay is in the end zone and it was off from there and it did not get any better whatsoever it just kept rolling 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 and it just at the end did not matter it was it was ugly I mean here's all you really need to know about Tampa Bay's day right and Detroit's defense's day this were their drives touchdown touchdown punt touchdown 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 punt touchdown those were their first three quarters really the fourth quarter did not matter they the Lions stopped them there toward the end. But at that point, it just you're just playing out the string. You're playing out the clock. When it mattered, the Lions could not stop Tampa Bay. And again, this should not be a shock. This should not be a surprise. Basically, what you're looking at so much with this is just a team at the end of the season trying to to do something, I guess, but they're undermanned. They get no help offensively because Matthew Stafford injures his ankle on the first drive of the game. So he doesn't 
play much at all, and then you're leaning on Chase Daniel, who was not particularly good. They go to David Blau in the fourth quarter. And to me, I think I tweeted this at some point, it felt very much like a preseason game. Your starter gets a half. Everybody else comes back in later. It just, I mean, it, it was essentially a glorified exhibition for Tampa Bay, which got into the playoffs with the win. For the Lions, it just shows exactly where they are. And yes, the coaching situation did not help. There's no doubt about that. But I don't think Daryl Bevel, Corey Undlin, and the defensive staff make up a 40-point difference. Yeah, Matthew Stafford, it's a little bit of a different game. I don't think you're losing 47-7. to But Matthew Stafford does not play corner. Matthew Stafford does not play linebacker. Matthew Stafford does not play defense. So... You're not winning this game with the defense that you have. It just, it, it nah. It, it, it just wasn't happening. The, the best shot the Lions would have had, frankly, would have been if they had gotten that stop on the first drive. Maybe Evan Rothstein finds a rhythm, finds some confidence. The defense finds some confidence. You score after that, and you start to kind of get into it a little bit. But that was not to be. And there's not a ton to say about this game, frankly, because what can you say about it? It's it's an ugly loss at the end of an ugly season. The Lions gave up an insane amount of yards. I mean, it, 588 yards allowed. It was the most the Lions have ever given up in a regular in a regulation game. Second most they've given up all time in a game. This defense is atrocious. It might give up more total yards. It should, barring something shocking, give up more total yards, even though yards are, you know, just one metric, right, than the winless 2008 team. Like, this team is is hurtling very fast toward being exactly where they kind of were and kind of what we said when they got rid of Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, but even a little bit before that, which is... This team is headed and it feels much closer to where they were at the start of the last decade than they were at any other point during the decade. This team feels like they were in 2009 and 2010. It's it, All you saw was that you, you need a rebuild in so many levels. So, so, so many levels. And I, I don't even know where to start. We'll get into that a little bit after the break. We'll get into more of this game after the break. Although, like I said, there's not a ton to say about it. Right here on the Michael Rothman Show. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. And you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site 
that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the United States are visiting Indeed each month, according to CompScore's total visits. So it's getting clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And the NBA is back in action. Football is heading into the playoffs, even though not the Detroit Lions. And you might not be at a game this year, whether that's basketball or whether that's football, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, back to our show. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for sticking with us. Really, obviously, appreciate it. And as I said at the top of the show, I've appreciated all of y'all for so many episodes as we've really tried to build this thing over the past year plus. So, yeah, with this game, like I said, there's not a ton to say about it. This is one of those, like, you look at this game and there's just not much you could take from it if you're the Lions. Like, there's nothing positive that you can really say about much of whatever happened I thought DeAndre Swift ran the ball fairly well overall if you're looking for very 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 thin silver linings I mean DeAndre Swift did have 10 carries for 45 yards that is a 4.5 yard average and that's at least something to be confident about but even then I mean Swift also lost a fumble and that's starting to become a problem for him. It just, I mean, anywhere else you look, obviously Jamal Agnew, another real bright spot for the Lions, probably the only true, true bright spot, had a punt return 74 yards for a touchdown. He had two punt returns for 78 yards on the day. Jack Fox punted reasonably well, 42.8-yard net punting average, 47.8-yard total punting average, but that's really about the extent of of where you're going to get in terms of positives with this team, right? Like, there's just nothing there. I mean, defensively, <laughs> I mean, they, they had two quarterback hits as a team, one pass defensed all day long. Like, it just wasn't really working. Sure, they got a couple of sacks. Romeo Quara had another sack, but... I mean, come on, what what does that really get you? What does that really matter at this point? Because, I mean, this defense gave up so many points that it, it doesn't quite matter. So, 
you know, right now when you look at this game, you know, I, it was interesting because I started asking a lot of players after the game if they had ever been a part of a loss quite like this. Now, Robert Prince kind of intimated a little bit that, yeah, he had. And that loss to Kansas City in London in 2015 was maybe the closest you can remember as far as it being reminiscent of something like that. And the Lions were in a similar situation, down coaches because they had fired Joe Lombardi and Jeremiah Washburn just before they got on the plane to London. Obviously, after that blowout was when Martin Mayhew and Tom Lewand lost their jobs. But to me, that was even a, a little bit of a more understandable scenario because you're going across the pond to Europe. We all know that those are tough trips to make. And, you know, it, it, it just, yeah, I mean... Uh, that one was that one was bad. This one was close. And to be fair, I actually did not cover before this season. That was the only game I had not covered in person, a regular season game at least, of the Lions because we only sent one person to Europe uh, in those times, and I had gone the year before. So I actually, and I think I've told this story on the podcast before. I got to take my dad to. Uh, the Mets World Series game against the Royals. Now, the Royals clinched the World Series that night. Uh, That was the Matt Harvey game. But it was an awesome experience uh, and one that I would never take back again, being able to go with my dad to the World Series. Uh, I'm just so fortunate to be able to do that. And my buddy Jeff Passan, former guest on this podcast, was able to help out uh, with some tickets there. And yeah, that that was that was an experience I will never forget. And I, even though I, was, I love London and I love going to London, like that was uh, well worth it, considering what the Lions were looking at there. But all of that said, right, uh, this game was worse than that. This game, whew, I mean, it just you, you I, I I can't even. So like I said, I I asked coaches and asked players whether they've been part of losses like this. Uh, David Blau had probably the most memorable answer of all of them. He said his last start, his senior year, uh, it was against Auburn in the Music City Bowl, I believe, and Purdue just got completely annihilated. Auburn beat Purdue 63-14 to in that game. By the way, Jared Stidham had 373 yards and five touchdowns in that game. Darius Slayton. 160 yards, three touchdowns on three catches. I mean, Auburn just crushed Purdue. Just absolutely crushed Purdue. And you can tell, if you go and watch that video, David Blau is still, two-plus years later, did not want to talk about that game. That game clearly did not sit well with him. But, I mean, Chase Daniel said, yeah, he's been part of these types of games before Jamal Agnew brought up a playoff loss to Montana where San Diego just got completely smoked so it happens it's part of football but you don't like it it doesn't sit well you know now you're going in a week 17 and it's a game that for playoffs doesn't mean anything for a winning record doesn't mean anything for the future of the franchise a loss is better than a win without a doubt but for many of these players most, a lot of them are not going to be around in 2021. And for some of these players, this will be the last time they ever play. 
including potentially Don Muehlbach, although he said he wants to play again. We'll see what happens with Matt Prater, even Matthew Stafford. But again, we'll get to Matthew Stafford in a second here. Like that's where week 17 comes in. It's a combination of maybe getting some young guys, some work and, you know, some last hurrahs for some guys. And I mean, that's always the, the tough, bittersweet part of it in the end of a season, especially when you're playing out the string and far too often, the Lions are in this position of playing out the string. You know, in 2016, they were in it. In 2014, they were in it. In 2017, at least until really week 16, when they lost in Cincinnati, they were in it. So, you know, really only under Matt Patricia and in that 2015 season were the Lions really, really cashed out before week 16 started. Um, and I mean, even Jim Schwartz, like that was there, there was glimmers of hope late in the season. Like, yeah, I mean, this is, it's just bad. Like the, uh, there's not even like much negative to say because it was all just terrible. Like every bit of it was just terrible on Saturday. It, it, like even a day later, you're just kind of like, eh, I mean, what, what is there to say? What do you even want to hear about at this point? So let's talk a little bit about what, what you should see in Week 17, right? The Lions have no business playing Matthew Stafford in Week 17. I don't care if his ankle was just a slight sprain. I don't – do not – do not care about that. If the Lions play Matthew Stafford in Week 17, like Sheila Fordhamp should – be going down and literally asking Daryl Bevel, why? Why are you doing this? I get that it's really hard to keep Matthew Stafford off the field. But at this point, let's take account of what Matthew Stafford has gone through just in the second half of this season. He's playing with an injured right thumb slash right hand. He is playing with clearly damaged and beat up ribs. And now his ankle, listen, even if it was just a mild sprain, and honestly, from the way it was taped up, it did not look like it was just a mild little sprain. Um, who knows how healthy that's going to be? Why risk it? Why, why bother? To me, it feels very much like the end of the 2013 season, which was Jim Schwartz's last game as a head coach, when he kind of teased all week whether or not he was going to play Calvin Johnson or not. Calvin Johnson had had... A bunch of injuries at that point and eventually obviously he did not play Calvin Johnson he actually I remember as he was walking off the podium he basically was like hey Calvin's gonna need surgery and I remember saying I think he even wrote that week that if Calvin Johnson plays like Jim Schwartz should not be allowed to coach that game he should be fired before the game even started because at what point why risk it and I feel the same way with Matthew Stafford now if Matthew Stafford plays on Sunday, I mean, any remote chance that Daryl Bevel had for the full-time job should be immediately eliminated based off of decision-making. Like, Matthew Stafford should not play in this finale. He's too beat up, and whether he's your quarterback in 2021 or you want to maybe use him to see if you can trade, or even if he's your bridge, no matter what, what it is, why risk him? Why risk him getting hurt again? Why beat him up for one more week? Let him get healthy. Let him I know, you know, he's going to have time anyway. I get all of that. But but why trot him out? The offensive line is a beat up offensive line at the moment. Who knows if Frank Ragnow is going to play? 
next Sunday. Who knows? Tyrell Crosby hasn't played in weeks. So you're already down two starting linemen. Joe Dahl got hurt again and didn't finish the game on Saturday. And it's a back injury. So who knows if he'll be available. You're you're putting him in front of a very bad... Not I shouldn't say very bad. I take that back. You're putting him in front of a very beat-up offensive line. Without a doubt, a beat-up offensive line. So why would you do that? Like, Matthew Stafford seems to be improving, and I get that Matthew Stafford really, really, like, he's tough. There's no doubt about this. No one's questioning this. He doesn't need to prove this to anybody. But the Lions have to be smart here. Like, sometimes you have to be the one that says, hey, no more. Hey, we appreciate what you're talking about. We appreciate what you're trying to do, but, like, someone needs to sometimes protect people from themselves. And in this case, if Matthew Stafford's pushing to play, that's very honorable, that's very noble. It's why Lions fans, I think, will absolutely miss Matthew Stafford whenever he is gone because I don't think people really appreciate exactly how good he is and also how tough he is. But, like, you say thank you. I appreciate it. And, you know, hopefully you're still the quarterback next season if that's what the new coach and general manager want and and you'll run it back again and and you kind of go from there. Like, it's not the ending that Matthew Stafford would want. It's not the ending that, you know, fans would want, that, that players would maybe want. But let's be real here. There's no reason to play Matthew. So what what are you playing Matthew Stafford for here? It's not like he's in pursuit of a record, kind of like Mike Evans is going to be in pursuit of a record potentially next week for the Bucks of trying to get another 1,000-yard season. Matthew Stafford, sure, maybe Matthew Stafford wants to get to 4,000 yards again, but it's not even like his streak is intact there because in 2018, he only had 3,777. It, last year in eight games, he had 2,499. So even if you're talking about a full season here, like he, he, there's no streak there to be broken. You know, he it's not like he's already thrown for over 20 touchdowns. He's, you know, thrown only nine interceptions. Like he's had a good season, 64.2% completions. Like he's had a good season. He's been effective he has not been the problem for the lions and i think you just kind of say hey we appreciate it and you go from there like that's the most important thing to me for detroit is is not playing matthew stafford you know you give chase daniel and or and or david blau give them the full week as you know getting the starters reps give them Give them whatever they can, and and you see what you can do. Because that's the other thing, too. Remember who the Lions are playing. They're playing Minnesota. And yes, this is not the vintage Vikings defense of old. But this is still a Vikings defense that knows how to get to Matthew Stafford. They just do. And they're not playing for much either because they're done. But I, I, I don't know why you put them out there. I don't understand why you risk it. To me, it just wouldn't make any sense. So... I mean, that's that's really where, where things stand, right? Like, I mean, when you look at this team, when you look at where they are, everything's looking towards 2021 and not the first game of 2021, but the next season. That's where everything should be looking now for the Lions. Even this week, we're going to focus largely on looking toward the future again, especially because 
of the of the fact that the podcast will not be around for most of 2021. We're going to spend this week kind of really looking toward the future. We'll have Courtney Cronin on as of now uh, on Friday, and we'll get into the Vikings and the Lions in a you know meaningless for the playoffs type game. Uh, but in reality. Like everything is about 2021. Even if you look at at kind of the snap count for the Lions, Tracy Walker and Amani Awarie played 100% of the snaps for the Lions on defense. And yeah, I mean, Jelani Tavai played a ton, 81% of the defensive snaps. Romeo Okwara played a good amount. Kevin Strong played a good amount. But I mean, the Lions again. Tremaine Brock played. Half of the snaps on defense at corner for the Lions, like Train Brock wasn't on the freaking roster two weeks ago. So, I mean, you're just working with a beat up, just really rough unit at this point. And, I mean, to me, you're, I mean, you're just, you're just waiting to get to the end of the season and kind of what's next. And that's unfortunate for the players. It's unfortunate for the coaches. And, you know, for some of these guys, it will be the last time they suit up or coach for the Lions. And again, we'll get into that at some point this week. But that's just where things are after, you know, we're kind of heading into the home stretch here. And I wish there was more to say. I mean, this has been a long podcast for nothing to say about this specific game, right? But, you know, that's what we're going to look at here in the future. But that was just, I mean, that was just a terrible performance by Detroit on Saturday. Just just awful. Thank you all for listening. We'll obviously have a lot more throughout the week on the podcast. We will have a mailbag edition. We will have a look forward to the roster here in 2021. We'll maybe get a little bit more into some potential coaching candidates and general manager candidates. And uh, we'll, we'll ring out the year in style here in the last week of the NFL season and the last week of 2020. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mike Rothstein, on Facebook at Mike Rothstein Journalist. Really appreciate all of you listening. Feel free to drop you know, a five-star review maybe for the road as uh, we wind down here. And uh, thank you all again. I appreciate it, and we will talk with you tomorrow.